Are we live? Are we live? <laughs> wow. We are live. Welcome to another episode of Live Lunch. Just to say at the start of the Live Lunch conversation, it's Tuesday, the 5th of July. I'm really happy to be British today. Uh, for the few of you, five of you who are watching, uh, England has just smashed India in the fifth oh, test well, cricket. Right. You wait until England win. After humiliation. To, uh... <laughs> for these past four days, I've been very proud of my Indian heritage. But today, <laughs> I am a proud British citizen. <laughs> or turncoat. And, yep, it feels your citizenship comes up most weeks on Live Lunch now. And that's, not, that's not a problem, but um, it's great. Thanks. Uh, anyway, we are in the midst of our Promise Endures preaching series, um, and we had the wonderful pleasure of Matt Carvel speaking to us on Sunday. We're yeah. also joined by the wonderful Christine Lydia. Christine, it's great to have you with us. Christine is part of our preaching and research team, uh, and is also a really good friend of ours. And oh, that's nice. People acknowledge that this is the trio, that when, it's, when we have the three of us, best chemistry in the room. The, the classic lineup, you could the say. classic lineups, <laughs> lots of controversy, lots of heated emotions and everything. Um, anyway, let's get down to business. Matt, would you like to do a quick, before I did say that, we've got food from Fato Mano, wonderful pizza. Thank you so much to our wonderful producer, Jess. I've called everybody wonderful today. Stop saying wonderful. Thank you to Jess, who uh, is our producer and has organized food for us. Uh, and yep, Matt, over to you. Summary of the pre. Yeah, I think on Sunday um, I mentioned that this, where we've got to now, is the kind of the beginning of the end of the series in terms of we're heading towards Jacob is sort of turning around and he's heading back home. And so I, I, I guess we've got about four, four weeks left of this series, um, but which is f- largely focused on Jacob's life. Um, but at this point, he's coming to this. I think we call it the "What am I doing?" moment he comes to this point of revelation after having 12 children uh, that he needs to get his act together and provide for his family 11 what do you mean he has 12 children he has 12 because we've included Dinah you forgot Dinah okay that's okay I'll carry on yes Benjamin's not there but yes 12 children anyway um, and yeah, he wants to go home and he's been um, living with Laban and it's a bit of a wrestle to get out of the situation in terms of he has to, his, we, I didn't really focus it on too much in the message, but about the, the breeding of the flocks and all those sorts of yeah. things. Um, I think people are we, quite intrigued by that we whole had, situation. Yeah, well, it would have taken a long time to explain uh, all that. And, it, it and scientifically, it a, how do you explain that? Or was that just an act of God? Well, yeah, it was an act of God. That's the thing. He, God causes uh, the uh, the sheep and the goats to breed very quickly, and and it, to enable Jacob to take a whole load of flock uh, back back home with him and but to the support whole his family. Feeding the, the stripes and the spotted and yeah. So the scripture doesn't actually say that that is what caused them to be successful. That was uh, yeah, Christian was talking with us in the in the in the meeting we had before about. Um, that's a superstitious thing that yeah. it's to, kind of folklore yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so actually it wasn't to be concluded that was great what happened anyway we've got our track already in, uh, <laughs> in this episode of Live Lunch sorry I said we'd do a summary we are going to be talking a lot about responsibility what our yeah. attitude towards responsibility how can we take more responsibility or how can we take less responsibility how does responsibility feature in some of the hot topics in our cultural yeah. conversations at the moment, which is, again, another thing we're going to be talking about. So stay tuned, Matt and Christine, how would you like us to kick off? 
Wow, you just thrown us the ball there. We have. I think what I get. I guess we can we can launch in really practically. I was giving a great in terms of exhortation for us to take responsibility that um, people are made for responsibility. Often we get this idea from our culture that actually responsibility is going to be a bad thing because it's sort of putting something on us, and we need want to be free. But actually, I think from a biblical point of view, a Christian worldview includes the fact that responsibility handled in the right way the right type of responsibility actually is a place that we actually do flourish and actually that's a good thing for us we're made to do it um and so um yeah i guess we're talking kind of practical i kind of went for someone who is um uh, you know i guess a, a younger generation talking about like living independently and that sort of thing and uh, so we could go there in terms of the practice Practical, like what does it actually practically look like in your life to take responsibility? Because it's not just your job or financial; it's spiritual and yeah. Do you want to start talking about that? How how would any how would anyone take responsibility? Mm. How does a Christian take responsibility? What does that look like in practice? Well, I think first and foremost, it, we all need to take responsibility for our relationship with God yeah because that's going to be the most important thing and from that everything else will flow and we know that grace teaches us that we don't have to do anything but you know there's a sanctifying work going on a growing work going on in us all the time and we need to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit's doing in us and how we would do that would be what you know by making use of what we call the spiritual disciplines which somehow seems a bit old-fashioned to talk about but things like you know are we praying are we um you know seeking God about decisions are we worshiping are we studying our bibles are we giving you know some of those things sound very basic but it's very easy to sit back and not to do them yeah so we need to take responsibility in that in that area first and foremost i'd say what would you say to people who are just weary of taking responsibility you know whether it's in your job whether it's in your marriage or being a parent it's hard work responsibility is hard work um often it's quite frustrating often it's quite mentally exhausting and just tiring um and i I know you i really enjoyed that bit in the preach where you said you know the more we take responsibility the more we realize our our absolute dependence on god um for the effective delivery of that responsibility yeah and so when you're in those moments where it's just overwhelming do you just lean on pray more what would you say people should do when they have those moments well i think firstly to say that we all have we all have those moments Mm. I think, again, trying to sort of navigate this with what, how we feel and what scripture says, um, our, our, sin, sin is going to cause us to look inward and um, think what's best for me, what's convenient for me. What's, and that's often, I know for me, would lead me to passivity, laziness, not... Um, thinking of myself rather than others. And I think the New Testament in particular is very strong in just countering that mindset to help to think, look, Christ has come into your life. God has expressed through Christ that he has loved you, even though you absolutely do not deserve it. So one of the ways that you demonstrate Christ in your life is to love others, to look to the interests of others, not to your own. Like that is radically countercultural. And even in the ways that in which uh, society 
perhaps today tries to be socially responsible and that sort of thing, um, which is good. But I think on a day to day level, individual, it still counts with a very individualistic way of thinking about, I'm going to think about my career, I'm going to think about my comfort, I'm going to think of, you know, I wasn't really feeling up to things today, so I'm not going to come into work or what. It's just like it, we've, the pendulum is very much swung in the favor of the individual and doesn't value others in quite the same way. And that's and so I, I if I was in a very different culture, I would not have preached the message I preached on Sunday, not because it wasn't true or it's only true in this context, but I think this was something that needs to be said in this way because I think it's it's speaking against what is something that is so prevalent in our culture that we don't even notice it. Um, and so so that so that sense of taking responsibility. It's important to remember, isn't it, that we're all connected to one another mm-hmm. and that if we make good decisions, they have impact on other people. But if we make poor decisions or if we make no decision at all, it's not that that doesn't impact other people mm-hmm. because we're all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we are passive, um, it will impact others if we haven't fulfilled a, respons- a particular responsibility. Or it might be in a relationship where we're not taking responsibility in that relationship or not wanting to commit because we're yeah. not wanting to take... And it can cause pain to other people. Yeah. But... We all like it when other people take responsibility mm-hmm. and we want that for ourselves, yeah, yeah. that others around us, you know, turn up and put the chairs out or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so we can be a bit double minded, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I think what I would want to encourage people to, if they've listened to the message this week is think, think about, OK, what are the responsibilities that God has given me? Because God doesn't give us all the same responsibilities. Yeah. So everyone's going to be a different, slightly different situation and think, how am I responding to that? Because it's a it's a it's it's a gift. It's something that God has given you. So you might be you know. Oh, let me think of it for me. Like okay, I'm I have a have a job, <laughs> uh, and also part of that is be, being an elder in the church. And um, there's also I'm a husband, so I've got responsibility with my wife, my father. I've got responsibility with my kids. I'm a son. I've got responsibility with my um, parents. You know, and other uh, family members as well. And it's not that all those are equal and I've got responsibility I've got responsibility to share the gospel with people and friendships and, and that sort of thing as well. Now it's not all those responsibilities should be equally weighted. They are they are different. Um but in all those areas I am prone to be passive. I am prone to abdicate. I am prone to and I think we were talking earlier, I think this area is one that we're probably more guilty of sins of omission, not yeah. doing what we should do rather than doing stuff wrong and i i would be it's, it's much easier for me not to take spiritual leadership in my home and not be praying with my kids and my wife or that sort of thing and that's an area that yeah i'm not always getting right at all um but and so, but in but when i do step into that, that that's a blessing for me for my family um uh, you know it's it's not that god calls us to these responsibilities because he's mean and just wants us to work really hard and struggle through that sort of thing it actually is a good thing and the same in the in the workplace like if you have a responsibility to your boss you might not like your boss you might not like your job but if you give yourself to that responsibility because you're thinking you know as christ said you don't do it for them do it because you're honoring me you know that will change your work life. It's still it's not going to overnight make it an enjoyable place to be, but you go into it with a different sense of, 
I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm res- being responsible with what he's put in front of me, being conscientious in this, doing, giving it our best. God honors that you, and, and people recognize it as well. Mm-hmm. There's, for me, the thing that I found really helpful with responsibility is um, when we go back to Genesis and you see in the beginning, the earth was without form and was void. There was chaos in, in the world. Or there was chaos in cre- creation. And God came and he organized it yeah. and he arranged it. Uh, and then when he created Adam and Eve, he gave them the res- he handed on the responsibility of yeah. uh, of creating order where there was chaos uh, in the world and naming the animals and looking after the garden and all of this. And there's something about about re- the responsibility that we have is always to bring order where there's chaos, uh, whether it's at work, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your marriage, or whatever situation. Because we know if if we leave things unattended, it tends to go back towards yeah. chaos. So if you leave your garden unattended, weeds grow. It doesn't just flourish and become um, beautiful left to itself. Our, our involvement is required. And mm. so if what we do uh, in bringing order to that chaos and bringing beauty where there isn't, isn't actually an outworking of what God's given us to do and who mm. God is. Mm. Uh, and knowing that, it, it then, again, he's not a God who leaves us to get on with it in, in a negative way. Of mm. course he does. We do have choice and we do have responsibility. Mm. But he comes alongside us and he sends his Holy mm. Spirit to be a helper. Mm. Uh, and to just know that when you, when you have responsibility and when you're bringing order and beauty into where there once was chaos, is to expect and trust the the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. Because that's who God is. That's what he does. Yeah. And he's made us in his image. So I, I found that really helpful. Yeah. I think there was something we talked about earlier about doing everything we can uh, and pray. Remember, you know, so not not thinking, I think the the worst interpretation of, of this or the misinterpretation of this could be that, oh, okay, so I found things out. Am I just supposed to pray and then expect everything will be fixed? Or do I also go and make every effort to learn, grow in knowledge, grow in skill uh, and pray at the same time? How do you see those two going together? Oh, I think they go very well together. And I think it's what I was talking about earlier on that, you know, everything springs out of our relationship with God. So obviously prayer is going to be important. I think we were talking about parenting at the time and saying, mm-hmm. well, do I just pray about it or do I get some books to help me and of course it's both and that yes we'll pray about certain issues but we're going to be imperfect parents or whatever it is that we're talking about and we can always learn more and and find wisdom and that's going to be helpful in fact it's common sense isn't it really that we would do that if if i can ask you both personally what do you do where you feel like you have a lack in an area of responsibility any examples any stories well, I think perhaps you know, ask, asking people have been there before. I think when we're talking about taking responsibility, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pushing it very much to the individual and say, you know, you've got to take responsibility. But um, the f- the first thing we should do, perhaps, is l- seek the help of others who have been there before. Like, ha- what is it? We're not going to come up with the answers with ourselves all the time. What does it look? for me to be responsible in these areas. And so I've talked about before about, you know, in eldership and being a husband, being a father and with friends and that sort of thing. So it's definitely asking other people who have further down the road in that, in that area, looking for, um, I think just, I think also just um, putting yourself in place that you'll keep being inspired. Mm-hmm. I know I need that. 
Mm. Like when it when it comes, especially when it comes to things like prayer, as well as things like parenting, or just in terms of leadership and church stuff. And so that can come from a conversation with a friend, or it can come from a podcast, or it can come from a book you're reading, and that or, sort of or thing. a good movie, a good a inspiring good, movie, a good inspiring movie. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is true. Actually, sometimes yeah. I watch watch Gladiator. Your Nick Lawson response. Uh, no, I know. I watched one on Friday. I watched Freedom Writers for the first time. Have you oh, seen that? I've never even heard of it. It's about a really inspirational teacher in America who has this uh, class of kids who live in the projects. People are being shot left, right, and oh, centre wow. in wow. their community, and they've got no hope for their lives and she gets them to start writing brilliant wow. film feel good film just very inspirational uh, I've been reading a, I went to Auschwitz last month a month, two months ago and I've been reading up a few more stories and stuff and I've been reading Victor Frankl's book on yeah. uh, uh, searching for a man's search for meaning and again he talks about our responsibility in suffering mm. that you know, how do we make the most of our suffering yes not expecting suffering to have control over us. Yeah. But then I've been I've been watching films about Auschwitz, not in a perverted way, but just yeah. they come up mm-hmm. on my Amazon Prime and I was watching one last night. And you, there's something quite in, about an, uh, an escape <clears throat> from Auschwitz. And there's something quite inspirational about seeing two men take responsibility and then the whole, uh, their whole barrack of prisoners shoulder that responsibility with them. And it's quite inspiring. Like, oh yeah, of course, it, it, should, it can be costly and, it, and it's okay. That, that's mm. just life. Mm. Yeah, yeah everything yeah everything is worth doing is hard you yeah. know uh, uh, and i think and that's where hopefully kind of where i landed the preach in terms of like being confident and just on this part of being inspired like we have every reason uh, to be confident because of what christ has done for us and uh, definitely part of being inspired is being inspired by the truth of what christ has done for us and not be not have our outlook and mentality based on what's happened in the past or how difficult uh, things are. And I think you, you find that the most inspiring people often are uh, those who have most clearly got a grasp of who Christ is and what he has done for them. Because that, the, that is the long-term motivator. That is the one uh, thing that actually picks us up when we're down and mm. actually causes our heads to be lifted. I mean, that's mm. the key idea in the end of that passage like Jacob lift up your head recognize that God's hands on your life and when you start focusing on those things realizing that that yeah God God is on on my case Mm. um you know God's grace sufficient for everything Mm. that's before us like that is that's a huge that's a huge thing so we're talking I'm talking so that gives me confidence and clarity when I'm saying people to take responsibility I'm I know I'm not asking people to do something they're incapable of because the scripture says that God will give us grace for the situation we're in. And he's not going to tempt us more than we can bear. He's not going to give us more mm. than we're actually able. It causes us to depend on him, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yeah. I think, Sorry. well, I just like, I love this thing about being inspired because I think so often we lose a sense of adventure of faith. Mm. And that's not necessarily about being called to go to another country. It may be about an adventure of faith with how I'm going to deal with this toddler. Mm-hmm. Or it might be how I'm going to get through working in this place where all I'm doing is a very mundane task mm. and I find it very difficult. But there is an adventure of faith for all of us when we take God at his word, mm. when we think about who he is and what he can do in us. That it doesn't matter where we are on what we're doing and how lowly or mundane it might fe- it feel because there's always this wonderful 
what if? Mm-hmm. What if God does something here? And I think you just live differently yeah. when you have that kind of mentality. Great books um, uh, that help with this, I think, are Mark Batterson's books. Okay. Um, yeah, the Circle Maker, yeah. and he's got, he's got one called What If on Romans 8. And he's just challenging that passivity and, mm-hmm. you know, take the step. There's one um, story about uh, a trucker who, for the first time in his life, doesn't carry on the motorway but pulls off and he's just and they find him skimming stones on the lake and and it's like you know there are other things to do even though that's a very small thing there are just small things that we do at the prompting of the holy spirit where we can just find something different in what we normally do and um i think that that can Mm. really inspire us just holding on to god in that way and thinking you know dreaming dreaming about what what would i like for this workplace how could i be a part of changing how this workplace functions. Mm. What could mm. I actually do that would make a difference? Those kind of things. If Brilliant. Thanks, Christine. If you're following the Bible in a Year plan with us at Emmanuel, we are in the Book of Acts at the moment. We're coming to the end of book, the Book of Acts. Uh, and and you re- the Book of Acts is, is a very inspiring book. Mm. But we've come to the point where Paul is constantly getting thrown into jail or, or yeah. beaten up or arrested or... Uh, being confronted by the Jews and, and the people of the time uh, for his views on who Jesus was and, and the constant uh, persecution that he is now in, and the, the Christians were, in, were, un, were experiencing because of their, the views that they held on to. Uh, and, I, and I think that in itself is, is the responsibility we have as a Christian. We, we might feel like, oh, but I feel like some of the views that I hold are quite shocking and are quite... Um, uncomfortable and and clash with culture and often uh, how do i win people over to the gospel if the views that i hold might push them uh away from christianity rather than draw them in but that's not the bible doesn't the bible shows men and women who proclaimed the gospel and got persecuted for it and so i think that's the responsibility we have um as christians to keep holding on to the message that we believe god's given us and not fearing what what people might say or think which leads us on to in the evening service you talked about um a lot of the conversations at the moment are about our rights and less about our responsibilities yeah could you unpack that a little bit yeah that, that that's what i, I guess mm-hmm. i was in the section speaking to, specifically to to young people or younger people i'm just thinking people younger than me <laughs> and, and saying that Mate, you look uh, like you're 21 so well it's good, good moisturizer that's that's fine <laughs> Um, yeah, like, rights like and responsibility. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. In the in the last in the last in the last few weeks, in particular, that that has surrounded the issue of, of abortion. But I don't think it's 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 off. It comes back to this. People want to talk about rights. I have the right to. And you, you know, I, as I mentioned on the weekend as well. Like I've taught in the secondary schools in this city, and the the teenagers are very quick to tell you how they know their rights and what I can't do and what uh, that sort of thing. There, it's almost like culture is training them to think of themselves. And part of that is good. If it is empowering young people to think of themselves as uh, they've got a value and got something to contribute. And so I'm not saying a sense of having our rights and, and uh, sometimes you know the most horrendous things are done when someone's rights and value and worth is, is taken away and, and treated they're not treated with the respect that they uh, inherently have um, but I think the, the people's sense of themselves can be because it's individualistic 
can be so skewed towards I've got the right and my freedom is what's important. And we neglect a sense of um, responsibility to others mm-hmm. and to society in general. And I think the way people, you know, we've talked about a lot, but we'll continue talking about it because it's, it's what's happening around us. The, just relationships and, and, and romantic relationships, sexual relationships in general is, is an area that this ground out. You know, even through through what's called the sex education in the second second group, people are encouraged. Young people are encouraged to experiment, to be whoever they want to be, and do whatever they want to do. And as as long as they're not hurting anyone or whatever, that's that's okay. But it, there's there's very little, as far as I can see, a sense of uh, what is best for society and right now we have a the society western society is bearing a huge cost a huge cost to like financially as well as everything else to children that are raised without uh, to without two parents and obviously not in every case that is through you say through choice well people might argue it's never through choice but it's it's what is happening when we've given up on the idea that actually you would commit to someone for life. You know, I, I was watching a TV program the other day, um, uh, The Split, and it's, it's on BBC, and we're watching series one. And in it, there's two people that are going to get married. And just before they get married, something happens, and they're like, oh, should we, should we get married or, or not? And the way that the husband, or the potential husband, talks his future wife around... He's saying, it's okay, it's okay, you know, don't worry about it. We'll be, as, we'll be married for as long as we're married. And it's, so he's, he's trying to win her to be married. He's like, it's a great thing to be married, but it's okay, because if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's, it's understand, it's, that's supposed to be romantic. <laughs> that's supposed to be like, it's okay, like, we can still do this thing, and if we don't want to be married in the future, we won't be, and that's, and that's okay. It's just a normalization of that attitude that it's just, as long as this is good for you and makes you feel the way you want to feel, then you just go with that. And if it doesn't, you can, you can bang out. Now, marriage is not easy. Uh, and there's probably times for everyone who's married, that say actually it's not as convenient as it would be to, to not be in this marriage. But part of what the Bible calls us to when it thinks about this is whether it's marriage and the way we relate to other people is to with a sense of responsibility a husband takes on a responsibility for a wife a wife takes on responsibility for a husband in terms of committing to that relationship for for life and when you get that right that is wonderful that is beautiful that is what god has given us as a great foundation that's going to be mutual beneficial uh, beneficial and also beneficial for the raising of children that sort of thing and so we, we still talk about that when we do marriage Vows, you know, if you come to one of our weddings, we we talk about that. But that sense of my marriage being good for society and good for the next generation, no one ever talks about that anymore. And but at the same time, we no one wants to talk about that anymore as well because people think, oh, it's oppressive, it's old-fashioned. But at the same time, you've got so many kids that never see their dad or never see their mum because their parents went into it with this attitude of, well. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Now, there's loads of nuance in that. Thing yeah, that I've just and run it's over, not but. harmless to think like that because if it doesn't work out, 
there will be pain involved. Yeah. It won't only be pain for the particular husband and wife, but their families will feel that pain, whether it's their children or their parents, whether it's their friendship group. It, it doesn't just revolve around them. And it isn't, it's not like it's um, a completely harmless option that one day we'll, we'll do this if it's not working out. Mm. Um, so to actually start that off on that kind of premise is very dangerous. Mm. I guess last question, which might be quite a big question before we finish. Um, in the current conversations, so relationships, uh, abortion, promiscuity, all of that, there seems to be an absence of male responsibility in a positive way in the conversations. If anything, it's seen as a negative or it's the patriarchy trying to dominate and, and oppress. Okay. Um, what would you say to people who, who, who think that or who would even be concerned about that? Is sh- yeah, <laughs> that would be my broad question. I think I think what you're you're saying is that um, that men need to have a voice, but they may not that that may not be viewed well. Um, Should men have it, a voice? Yeah. And if so, well, so I, th- I guess yeah, it's okay. because well, uh, Jacob took responsibility for his family and, and moved them yeah. out. Okay. He stepped up and took responsibility. Today, we don't talk about men taking responsibility. We view that as, even, even in, for example, within the abortion conversation, it's not got to do with men taking responsibility. That isn't being said much at the moment. Two people are involved with the process of conception, yes. but it seems to very much focus on, um, on the woman's role and, yeah. and the impact on her. Come here. <laughs> this is a great one for like when we've got minus one minute left. Well, <coughs> I'd, I'd go back to our connectedness. We're connected to one another, male and female, and that it's not good for either one to have sole responsibility for anything. Absolutely. And that we need to do things um, in a way, in a way as God intended, that He made men and women to complement one another mm-hmm. and to be a great team together. Now, whether that's in marriage, whether it's in decision making, in businesses, or wherever it is, we need both voices. Yeah. Absolutely, brilliant. I agree. Anything to add to that, Matt? No, I, uh, just uh, anything to complement what Christian yes, says. Yes, I, I think if if people are if people are hearing that, like taking even as a, especially as uh, as a husband, if my Taking responsibility should never be diminishing for someone else. It no. should always be empowering. If my res- taking responsibility in my marriage should have the, if I'm doing it well, should have the effect of empowering my wife in the same way for her to take responsibility. She she has a responsibility towards me and towards our family as well. That should be beneficial to me and to our kids and that sort of thing. It's a mutual thing mm. that we're both stepping forward, not to knock the other one down, but actually to strengthen each other. And I think that that's worth saying. Brilliant. I think we've run out of time. Uh, next Sunday, we have the return of Mr. Joel Virgo. Yeah, Joel. He is preaching to us this sun- next Sunday. Yeah, he's con- continuing, uh, picking up the story where it left off. Jacob is getting out from Laban, but Laban uh, doesn't let him go easily. And there's discussion about that. And um, yeah, it's about being free. And so it's a message about how ultimately how Christ frees us from oh, the power of sin. Brilliant. Looking forward to that. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. Bye.